All right, guys, welcome to episode 34 of the CFFL podcast. This is Chris, joined with joined here by Tony and Jeff. How are you guys doing tonight? Amazing. I, I am I am good. Like I, I told you earlier, with my my back injury, uh, no no pun intended. Uh, you guys are definitely going to have to carry the load, but I will do my best. Well, that sucks, man. I hope you feel better. Throwing out your back is no fun. A lot of us have been through that before, so really hope you feel better soon. Appreciate that. Thank you. All right. So as usual, we're going to cover the trades, and we have a especially big trade this week to go over, the uh, trade for uh, pick 1.1. Uh, also, we're going to cover some potential news with the draft date on a few other items, so we'll get started here. So first off, uh, as you know, the last or Hopefully, you know, the last episode we did the division drawing. Just want to make sure everyone's aware that we did that, and the site is now updated with the 2023 divisions and the schedule. Um, I took a look at my schedule, and there's one week, I believe, where uh, division games uh, play the same team two weeks in a row. Uh, I don't think there's much we can do about that without manually doing it, uh, which I'd rather not do. So, uh, overall... Um, looks good, so we will run with that. And just a reminder that blind bid waivers are processing every Wednesday at 10 a.m., and they'll do so throughout the remainder of the off-season. So uh, if you snooze, you lose. If you have any uh, sleepers you want to get added to your team, uh, make sure you uh, do that. And then last piece of housekeeping is the entry fee. Um, I'm going to keep pounding on this every episode till we get everyone to pay because it sucks when they don't. Uh, just let you know, we have 165 days left. We have six people that have paid so far. Um, so that's awesome. We had three guys pay since the last episode, so I appreciate that to you guys. And I uh, encourage everyone else to do so as soon as possible. All right. Big item here is the draft date. So I mentioned on the last podcast that I was kind of waiting on some softball tournament dates to be announced um, so we know what weekends don't work. And so with all of the information that I have at my disposal, what I'm proposing for the draft date is going to be the same, basically the same day we've had it the last two years, last weekend, Sunday, July 16th. So it'll be Sunday, July 16th at 1 p.m., uh, likely at my place here in Cambridge, um, although I have another place in mind, um, local here as well. I uh, don't know if that'll work out. But we'll, plan, we'll tentatively plan on my house. So at any rate, Sunday, July 16th, I will post this on GroupMe. I'll send out an email uh, to make sure it works for everybody. But uh, hopefully that works out. So Sunday, July 16th. With that said, it's time to get into some trades. We've had uh, several trades since our last podcast and two, two pretty big ones, I would say. And we'll go through them chronologically. So first off, uh, March 13th, we had a trade between Rippin and Ateran and Lazy Boys. Uh, Rippin and Ateran gave up uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and Lazy Boys gave up a third-round pick in the 2024 draft. The trade calculator had this in favor of Rippin and Ateran, 31-12. to And uh, I will ask you, Tony, what's your take on this trade? Um, man, that's... Uh... This, this is not first I should probably preface by saying um, nice to see some action going in the league. Uh, so I obviously um, any any feedback that I give that is not glowing should not be a deterrent um, 
to promote inaction. Um, I, you know, I love seeing people making moves in the off season. Like that's kind of what makes dynasty football fun. Um, that, that being said, I don't have a whole lot of hot takes about this. Um, in obviously a league as deep as we are, um, the value of a third round pick, I mean, maybe a, a, a supplemental defensive player that could develop into a starter. Um, Marquez Valdez Scantling plays in a really nice offense, but um, he's just, he's always been kind of a guy to me. Um, I'm not overly excited about this trade. I would probably ear towards the side of the trade calculator in this one um, and be on Mitchell's side. I, I, I think I, I, we know what MVS is at this point. I think I would probably rather take the unknown commodity in hopes that I could, I could flip it into a, a decent defensive player. Becker, what are your th- thoughts on this one? Um, yeah, don't have strong feelings either way. I guess uh, I had to pick a side I like better, kind of see what lazy boys are trying to do here. They they have the uh, second pick in the upcoming draft, so they'll be able to add a back. This is just adding a spot start wide receiver for a pretty low cost. So if you're trying to score points, uh, give me the wide receiver here. Yeah, I tend to agree uh, big picture with both of you two. I think, although I see what Lazy Boys, I see the motivation in making this trade, especially looking at their current roster. Uh, they are a little lacking at the receiver position. Uh, Scantling is someone they can spot start, like you said, Becker. I uh, don't love him either. Uh, I think a third is somewhat steep of a pick to pay for this. Um Granted, a third is not a second or a first, so it's not one of your your marquee picks. But third round is a legitimate pick that you could use for uh, a lot else, especially as we get closer and into the season. So I think he overpaid. Uh, so I'm going to give this uh, victory here to Rippin and Taren. Next trade we have here, let me get my screen to update, uh, was on March 18th between Big Earns, Fatherless Families, and the Whammy Doodles. Uh, Big Earns gave up Sam Darnold, uh, 2024 second-round pick. In exchange, the Wemmy Doodles gave up Stafford and a third-round pick in the 2024 draft. Calculator has this in favor of the Wemmy Doodles, 63-54, so pretty much a toss-up. Uh, Becker, I'll have you start off this time. What are your thoughts on this one? Oh, boy, there's uh, huge quarterback names here. Um yeah, again, like, uh, what I'd probably say is, obviously Stafford's the best player in the deal. Um, all that said, uh, I just, I don't think I would touch that offense this upcoming year. He's coming off a pretty severe injury that's plagued him for a few years. Um, it's really kind of hard to say uh, what that team's going to do. Um, uh I'd almost rather just have that second round pick, uh, maybe squat on it till in season and make a move like this when uh, you know a guy's producing. Um, so I'll take the uh, I'll take the the pick the pick side. I'll take the uh, going to whammies. The rare whammy doodle victory. All right, Tony, what are your thoughts on this one? Um, I, I got to be honest with you. I've been following a lot of stuff about Matthew Stafford. Um, in the off season because I, I have a lot of investment in the Rams in general and one of my 32 team leagues that I play in. So um, everything that I've read 
sounds like his back injury that everybody was concerned about is kind of a non-starter, and he's going to be just fine for this year. I mean, they, they even went so far as to restructure his contract to being fully guaranteed this year. So it, it sounds like he's going to be back. And, I mean, we obviously know that the Rams aren't what they were after winning the Super Bowl, just being in salary cap hell. But, I mean, Cooper Cup is still, you know, one of the best, if not the best, possession receivers in the NFL. He's a matchup nightmare. You know, Tyler Higby, uh, a.k.a. Racist Gronk, is always kind of a big deal underneath. And Cam Akers apparently remembered how to play football to close the year. So I, I think that the 2023 version of the Rams is going to be obviously significantly better because there's nowhere to go but up. Um, you know, that, that second-round pick is Becker. Um, had articulated um, it, probably fairly valuable because the Whammy Doodles do not look like they're going to be a team that's really making any noise this next year. Um, that Sam Darnold contract, though, I don't know if you guys have looked into it, is pretty interesting to me. Um, they gave him $3.5 guaranteed this year, um, which seems strange for a third-string quarterback. Um, everything that I read was that Brock Purdy avoided Tommy John surgery. Um, so I don't know if that's an indictment of the fact that Trey Lance hasn't played football it really basically all outside of 80 snaps in like four years. Um, and they just want a guy that obviously has some starts to bring in this into the season and camp um, until Purdy is, is back and healthy. So um, I think it's smart of Eric to obviously double down on the Niners quarterbacks. I, I think that um, the job is Brock Purdy's to lose though once he comes back and is healthy. Uh, I think he absolutely earned it, but that that's kind of an interesting piece in in my opinion. Um, but uh, in, in this league, uh, it's very hard, obviously, to find running back depth and to hit on a quarterback. And when Stafford is healthy, um, he is very much a quarterback one in this league. Um, so I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna give the the trade to uh, Carter on this one. All right. Well, I'm gonna be the tiebreaker then. And I am going to give the victory here to the Whammy Doodles. The reason is uh, a second-round pick is a legitimate pick. Uh, it, it just is. And that's a steep price to pay for, yes, Stafford could be a quarterback one, best-case scenario, but not a strong quarterback one. And so I think there's a lot of other guys that could equal his output uh, that could be at a lot cheaper um, or perhaps – uh, for the same cost, someone that's better than that uh, once the season gets going and, and uh, teams have needs and teams give, you know, start rebuilding for the next year, that type of thing. So I, I just think it was too much to give up at this point uh, of the season. So I'll give the the uh, edge there to the Whammy Doodles. Next one, another trade um, involving the Whammy Doodles and you actually, uh, Tony. So March 19th, Whammy Doodles gave up uh, two second round picks in uh, next year's draft in return for Jordan Love. Uh, trade calculator has this in favor of you, Tony, 101 to 32. And we'll give you the last word in this one. So I'm going to mix things up. I'm going to give my take here since I have my notes on the uh, slide anyways. You guys can kind of see what I'm thinking here. So I, I think this was an absolute uh, horrible trade for Eric. I I don't understand the thought process here at all. Uh, so I know why he did it because he feels he has a good team and he, he admittedly does. Uh, I'll admit his starting lineup is legit. There's no depth, but his starting lineup is legit. 
except for the quarterback position. So this definitely is a position of need. So I'll give him that. Uh, however, um, this is a lot to give up for a big question mark at quarterback. So basically, I think this trade is basically just a, a hot take that's been turned into a trade. So he's, you know, going all in on the fact that Jordan Love is going to be, you know, the next uh, Michael Vick, Lamar Jackson, insert name of rushing quarterback who is fantasy relevant here. I, I just, it, that's what it's going to take for this trade to make sense. Uh, this leaves him with pretty much nothing left. So he's got pick 1-4 in this draft. Of course, he did that for, you know, in a different big trade. He's got someone up his sleeve there, but that's it. He's got 215 this year, 510. And then in next year's draft, the, the cabinet's already buried. He only has a fourth and fifth round pick. So this is a team now that has a, you know, solid starting lineup with a question mark at quarterback here. And I, I'll, I'll add, since this trade has happened, there's been a lot of rumor going around with, with what's going to ha actually happen in Green Bay. Jordan Love may actually not even be the starter there. I've seen a lot of rumors that even if they go through with the trade with Rod for Rodgers, uh, that they might have someone else in mind to actually become their starting quarterback other than Jordan Love. So I don't know if they actually believe in him or not. And I don't know if this, there's any truth to this, but there's actually a lot of, I'm seeing some noise where this trade for Rodgers may not actually even happen to go to, to the Jets. So if, 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 if Love doesn't get the start, then this trade's really a disaster. But I think in order for this trade to make any sense, uh, he not only has to start, but it'd be a top, you know, 7-8 quarterback, which I just don't see happening. So that's my take. Becker, what do you got? Uh, yep, yeah, I, I pretty much like this for, for Tony. Um, again, kind of just echoing what you're saying, I get I get Eric's thought process. Um, and again, like you already mentioned, a ton of, ton of gray area around Jordan Love. Um, so you're really rolling the dice here. Um, that really locked pretty putrid quarterbacks to, to boot as well. So he's got Jordan Love, and uh, I think he's got two-thirds of the mess in San Francisco. So good luck with all that. Um, yeah, I just, I, like, this is kind of a no-brainer, and uh, Tony Saber, I believe. All right, Tony, give you the last word on your, your own trade here. Sure. Um, so the, the first thing that I, I would say that we should probably point out, because I know we were talking um, trade calculator uh, and, and all that, um, you know, showing it very heavily in my favor, um, it, it should probably be uh, alluded to that um, this, this trade calculator is still obviously taken into consideration that Jordan Love is the backup. Um, and to your point, Eric, um, Eric did the trade with the idea that, that you're correct. He was banking on Jordan Love like being the guy. I mean, first-round pedigree. Um, and, and also to give Eric a little bit of credit since I know I am – not normally uh, prone to doing that. Um, Eric has been coming after me for Jordan Love uh, pretty much basically, basically uh, for two years now, I want to say. Um, and the last time that him and I talked, 
I told him pretty substantially, I was like, listen, here's the deal, man. Like there's rumors surrounding Mac Jones and apparently like Bill Belichick's weird sense of butthurt around him going outside of the offense and like asking for help. Um, so on and so forth. Uh, Jordan Love on my practice squad was an absolute lottery ticket. And I mean, that's what, that's why you get these guys, right? Is to sit on them. And I told him, I said, I have literally no need um, to move him unless you make me an offer that I can't refuse, um, which he did. Um, I couldn't say no to it in that regard. You know, like you said, um, I've now got three second round picks. Uh, one of them that could be as high as a top three pick in that round, just, you know, cause Eric is one injury away from total and complete annihilation. Um, you know, uh, one thing that I did go back and do is I had run a trade cal- calculator through dynasty dominator to take into consideration a quarterback that is a starter. And, um, I was trying to figure out maybe a guy that, and I know you had brought up the hot take names on rushing quarterbacks. Um, I've always looked at as Jordan Love as more of a mobile quarterback that doesn't necessarily run, um, but he, he can throw a yard and he's got a pretty decent arm. And the guy that I kind of, in terms of pro comparison for like what he could do with the team around him uh, happened to already reside on my roster in Mac Jones. So I had dropped Mac Jones into a trade calculator in order to get an idea um, of, of what that looked like. And it was a little bit closer than, than what I think uh, the trade calculator showed, but uh, I predicted Eric's pick at um, 2.3 and the pick that he gave me back from Carter as 2.8, um, just to kind of find a, a moderate level. And um, the, the trade calculator had it 121.2 in my favor versus 67.26. So a little bit of a closer gap in that regard, but I, to your point, I'm I'm definitely still on board with the idea of I'll I'll take two second round picks uh, any day of the week for essentially what was my third quarterback on my practice squad. Thank you, dude. All right. Both my screen here. Next trade: uh, generic bread warriors and lazy boys. This was on March 25th. Warriors gave up Malik Davis. Josh Palmer, a 2024 fourth-round pick, and a 2024 fifth-round pick. In return, Lazy Boys gave up a 2024 third-round pick. Calculator has this fairly close as well, 80 to 61 in favor of the Lazy Boys. Uh, Becker, actually, no, we're going to go with Tony since it's your trade. Tony, what are your thoughts sure. on this one? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to uh, generic Bragg Warriors. Um, so like I said, I'll, I'll take the random upside of the pick. Um, I know there's a lot of people that are truthers about Josh Palmer. Um, admittedly, Malik Davis doesn't really do anything for me in Dallas. But, you know, back to your point, I, I get what Lazy Boys and their new owner, and I apologize, I forget his name already, but I, I see what they're trying to do. They're, they're trying to find some pieces for depth. Um, man, I hope they don't open up the Internet uh, today because I don't know if you guys have been reading any mock drafts with the draft only 12 days away, but um, consensus Vegas favorite odds right now for the Chargers are that they are going to draft a wide receiver uh, with their pick. Uh, name that's been mocked to them a lot has been Jordan Addison. And if Jordan Addison goes to the Chargers, uh, Josh Palmer is going to be irrelevant. Um, so I, I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to give uh, this trade to Jeff uh, for that 
use your third round pick, just stockpiling commodities at this point, and um, gonna gonna try and turn him into something. So uh, I give it I give it to Becker. Yeah, I'm gonna give it to Becker as well. I don't hate the trade for the Lazy Boys. I just you know, like I said before, I think a third round pick is a legitimate pick, and I'm just not a fan of giving that up for some lottery tickets. If it's a fourth round pick or something, sure or some blind bid money or whatever, but third round pick is a legit pick that I think it's a chip you need to keep uh, until the right time. So for that reason, I'm going to give it in favor of uh, the Warriors as well. Becker, any last thoughts on this one? No, no, none. <laughs> All right, then. I, mean, I think we know which way he, he would go on this <laughs> one. So. No, no, no. I, I will say, like, uh, Tony, I am one of those Josh Palmer uh, fans so like yep. uh, this was that's just all roster like I'm just thinking ahead to the draft and roster numbers and all that sort of thing and sure. he's probably if I threw him out on waivers like somebody would blow a good chunk of their their bid money on him um, I shopped him wrong to a lot of people and um, he liked it so he went with it so um, I think he's a good player third round pick like what are you going to get maybe a linebacker that helps you in a year. I don't know. Um, I think it's fairly inoffensive, but. All right. So this brings us to the final trade, which is also the biggest trade we've had in this league in a, in, in a minute. Uh, March 30th between the Skull Babies and Generic Bread Warriors. So Skull Babies gave up Travis Etienne, uh, Javante Williams, uh, pick 110, in this year's draft, and uh, 2024 first, which happens to be just for full disclosure from the Whammy Doodles. In return, Generic Bread Warriors gave up uh, the first pick in this year's draft, which is huge, and a second round pick in next year's draft. The trade calculator has this quite decisively in favor of Becker, 547 to 342. And uh, I've got my take. Tony, kind of ignore please, the uh, notes I have on the slide. I would sure. first like to hear your take on this one, and then we'll go to me and then Becker, since it's his trade, for the final word. Sure. Um, I, I'll be honest with you. This trade has lived rent-free in my head um, ever since it happened. <laughs> uh, like, like you said, it is a is a whopper of a deal. Um, and uh, big big props to Becker and Adam for uh, both having the cojones to do it. Um, so my trying to figure out how I want to dissect, how I want to go with this. Like the first things that came through my mind um, was uh, Adam absolutely came correct. Uh, I mean, we all know like barring some sort of catastrophe, B. John Robinson is going to be the number one pick in the draft. And people are already saying, you know, he's been the first, generational running back probably since Saquon, you know, went to the Giants. Um, you know, he, he can do all the things in terms of his skill set. B. John's going to be awesome. It, does, it literally doesn't matter where he goes. Like, he's going to be a top five dynasty running back pretty much right away. And in leagues like this, um, there, there are two things that you want. You want to acquire studs, obviously, that you can just plug in and they're matchup proof and you never have to worry about that. Um, but you also want to get depth. Um, both players uh, in this trade acquired such things. Um, 
you know, ETN, I'm a, I, I mean, we all remember he was the hands-down RB1 in his draft class before Urban Meyer inexplicably took him at the end of the first round. And needless to say, career revival under Doug Patterson, so, who I'm a huge truther of, so I, I love that. Um, as we already articulated, Eric is one injury away from total disaster. Like, that, that could be the... That could be the 1-1 one, one in the 2024 draft, possibly, and now Becker is adding somebody like a Travion Henderson um, out of Ohio State that's 1-1 one, one next year. Um, the, you know, he's got another first-round pick in the form of that 110, um, and more importantly to me um, is the wild card that is Javante uh, Williams. Now, I don't, I don't know if either of you guys have subscribed ever to Dynasty Sharks. Um, if you haven't, to give them a plug, super cool website for, like, breaking down elusive rating uh, on top of injury history. But here's a couple of things that I would say if you, you're not familiar with about Javante Williams. Um, so in his limited carries that he had last year, I think he had, like, 58 total touches uh, before his injury. But... He had a 119.7 elusive rating, which was number one in the NFL. Um, and his previous season, in the final nine games of the year, um, he was number one in the NFL in elusive rating as well. And he also led all running backs with more than 200 touches in forced missed tackles. Um, that being said, the injury that he has, absolute devastating injury, grade three tears in his ACL and MCL. Um, one of those, like, two years to recover injuries. Who knows if he ever gets his burst back. Um, that's the wild card to me, that if, if he comes back and he becomes what he could, like, Becker may have conceivably snagged, you know, three number one running back, or, you know, God forbid he gets 1-1 next year and uh, he gets drafts Marvin Harrison, um, just an alpha elite receiver, like, Becker came out of this deal very, very good. Um, with that said, like, if you look at Adams' capital, he didn't lose anything. Like, he's, he's still got a second-round pick this year. He's still got his own first next year. Like, a, a lot of the things that he gave up to Becker in order to make this happen were play money that him, you know, that, that 110 was mine. He got that off the Goddard trade when he had four tight ends. Like, yes, he gave up a lot, and he came correct in order to do it, but Adam didn't make his depth or his team weaker by doing this trade. And in the prospect, or it, um, um, in the in the process, he got a prospect that might end up being the RB one in fantasy for a very long time. Like the goal again, like I mentioned before, is to acquire depth for studs. Becker got some depth with the question mark at Javante Williams, but Adam got arguably the best running back that we've seen since Adrian Peterson. So. Uh, I understand what the calculator says, but just in terms of the fun factor, uh, I'm, I'm going to give this trade to Adam. I, I think that getting Bijan Robinson after Adam, you know, inherited his team and started a very, very large overhaul with draft picks and, you know, trying to make his team, like, this is his announcement that he's basically, like, he's here. He's ready to start competing for the title year in and year out. Like, he's got his alpha player now after hitting on his you know, quarterback and Hurts, um, that, that is an incredibly dangerous lineup that he fields now um, with, with Bijan just as a locked-in running back. So I love the trade for both teams, but I think at the end of the day, I, I got to, you know, I got to give it up to Adam for being willing to pay and go get his guy. 
All right, so I'll go next. So thank you for your takes, strong points, um, as I expected. However, I, I disagree with you 100%. Uh, here's why. So I think Adam actually made his team significantly weaker by making this trade. Um, he's left himself with no running backs. Yes, he'll get Bijan Robinson, generational player. That's awesome, but that's all he's got. Uh, in, in this trade, he gave up Travis Etienne, who I'm a huge believer in, uh, Dynasty running back seven, and uh, Javante Williams, yes, devastating injury. I'm also a believer in him, and he's currently Dynasty running back 12 with a lot of upside. Uh, I think that Sean Payton's going to get that offense rolling, and, and Javante Williams is going to be a big part of it, as long as he's healthy. Um, look at this trade, uh, best case scenario. So if this, if, if Bijan Robinson hits and he turns out to be the number one dynasty running back, uh, this trade's still, uh, lopsided in Becker's favor. Uh, I, I use the calculator. I subbed out pick one, one in favor of Jonathan Taylor, who's currently the RB one in dynasty. And the trade was still lopsided 547 to 315. Uh, I just think he gave up way too much, and we're not even to the picks yet. He gave up, uh, what, pick 110 in this year's draft and potentially the number one pick in next year's draft. And we don't know what if that's going to be the number one pick or not, but regardless, it's a, it's a first-round pick in next year's draft as well. Um, I think, you know, on the flip side, uh, Becker's team is ready to win now. Now he's got some serious depth at the skill positions, great young players. I mean... You talk about Javante Williams' injury, that's fine. If, if it takes a while for him to get back, he's Becker's number three running back right now. Uh, Becker's team is, is set. So I there think Becker Becker kind of, you know, we've had some guys rebuild, uh, tear down their team and start over, um, and come back impressively. Um, but I think Becker set the bar. He set the standard for how to do it. Uh, what One year, I believe, right? He sucked this past year, and that was it. Uh, so he's already back now to being a championship contender this year and for years to come with this uh, this new uh, lineup that he has, new roster, I should say. So I'm going to give this uh, trade, yes, uh, fun factor, add him all the way. Uh, and I love trades like this, don't get me wrong. And we don't know what's going to happen. I could be totally wrong. I mean, this trade could turn out to be awesome for him, but I just think it was way, way too much to give up, um, all things considered. So I'm going to give this to Becker, and I'm also going to hand the baton to Becker for his, uh, you have the final word on this trade. Yeah, sure. Um, I just want to say uh, thanks to Skull Babies. Like, uh, believe it or not, this is like a five-minute transaction. Uh, I was like um, <clears throat> really simple trade he approached me uh, a few weeks earlier before it happened and i was like no i'm, I'm i think i'm i'm ready to compete and like throwing Bijan on the roster would be pretty good um and so then he came back uh, a couple weeks later it was like what if i it was basically the same deal minus javante he's like what if i throw him in and it was like yeah just send it uh, send it now because if i think about it too long i'll I'll talk myself out of it because that's, in my view, that's just way too much value uh, turned down. I get, uh, I could potentially be giving up the best player in the deal in Bijan, um, but I'll take 
like what's that four or five first worth of value uh, what I'm getting there for a guy that hasn't even been drafted yet um, I value depth a ton uh, especially in a league this size so um, it's pretty no-brainer for me just a, a really strong offer that was just hard to say no to yeah one thing I want to add uh, just real quick as you were talking remind me of this so back to, uh, 2018 season uh, I had the first pick uh, for Saquon I had insane deals like this from uh, like three or four different owners as well um, because it was seen he was seen as a generational can't miss prospect superstar right I had the craziest trades you would have ever seen uh, for for Saquon and I turned them all down and um, because a player of, that's that good uh, can win you championships just go back and look at guys like uh, Ladanian Tomlinson, Marshall Falk. We won't get into the history of those guys. Absolutely. Yeah, but those those guys, if you have a guy like that that stays healthy, that's what can win you multiple titles. So uh, I will will say that's a valid point um, in favor of of Adam here. I still don't like the trade for him, but I understand it as well. So just wanted to... Yeah, for sure that if if Bijan's even like... uh, 80% 80% of, you know, all of this hype um, for the first handful of years, that's probably the cheapest to get them. So, um, yeah, pretty crazy trade. For I mean, sure. What, one last thing that I will tag on to that, just, just to give a little reconciliation to what you stated about, yep, having that generational running back. And, and I get what you mean in, in terms of, you know, he, he gave up a lot of depth, but I mean, we got to remember that this this is a guy that has been building depth now um, in his in his you know team for years in order to give that up. And like I said, he he didn't go backwards or negative in picks. He still got a first, a second, a third, a fourth, a fifth this year. You know, he's still got his own first next year, um, and he's got two seconds now. So it's like you know he's not in an Eric situation where the cupboard is bare. But back to your point where you say you know his his running game, you know. Um, Jalen Hurts had 797 rushing yards and 13 touchdowns last year. Um, Any time that that Adam is starting him, he is starting minimally a QB2 and an RB2 alongside Bijan, who, yes, I know he has yet to play, but, um, you know, his starting lineup essentially, uh, just, just kind of mothballing it here, you're talking about Jalen Hurts, Bijan Robinson on whatever team he ends up on, um, C.D. Lamb, Brandon Ayuk, Devontae Smith, take your pick at tight end, Pat Vermeuth or Dalton Schultz. He's got two top six tight ends. Um, and he's also got Micah Parsons, who just got switched to defensive end, um, which would have been the number one defensive end by a landslide on MFL um, on his team. Uh, like, Adam's team is ready to run, man. Like, and... He's still got a couple of dart throws for lottery tickets on his bench. Like Jeff Wilson got re-signed in Miami, and we saw what he was doing when he got the bell call rule there. You know, I'm not saying he's going to be a top 10 running back, but, you know, top top 16 definitely could be in that offense. Uh, Khalil Herbert absolutely looks like a, a jitterbug and just a machine in Chicago. If he hangs on to uh, – I'm not scared of Dante Foreman. Uh, if he hangs on to that, like that could be a very sneaky depth play for him. And uh, let's not forget that Jarek McKinnon uh, still re-signed in Kansas City, and uh, they love him there. Um, he decided to go out and uh, get himself uh, a 
I think he had eight rushing touchdowns and four receiving last year. They like to use him in the red zone, and in that Kansas City offense, uh, that's that's worth a throw. So, I mean, did he give up a lot of depth? Yeah, but th- this isn't a team that's going to be dead and buried. I Again, I know Bijan hasn't taken the ball yet, but your illusion that you made there, Chris, where you said, you know, I turned down insane deals, and, you know, Saquon obviously got nipped by the injury bug uh, early on in his career, so I'm sure there's probably a little bit of remorse on your end that you didn't take a trade to load up the depth on that. But um, as as we all know, when when you have a chance to acquire a generational-type player like that, I mean, you just, you do it, you go get it. Like I said, I, I think the way that this swings back in Becker's favor is A, what happens with Javante Williams, and B, what does that pick become from Eric for next year? Because if Eric's team has a subatomic meltdown, and that turns into, like I alluded to, like a Travion Henderson or um, a a Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, Becker's not going to be mad. Like, he's going to lose zero sleep over the fact that he traded Bijan because he got a shit ton of depth out of it. And he's going to score an elite player next year. Now he just kicked the can down the road. So uh, I really love the trade for both teams. I think it's a it's an announcement on both ends. Like I said, this is lived rent free in my head ever since they made it on the thirtieth. Like I just I love this trade. It's super fun to just think about both angles for both teams. But um, that 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 would be my final point on that. I don't I don't think Adams' depth is quite as dead and buried as we might think it is in a sixteen team league. Because he's been building depth for quite a long damn time on that squad. Yeah, fair points for sure. And it was, bottom line, this was a fun trade. I'm glad it happened. And uh, i like to see more trades of this magnitude in the future. So um, with that said, that's that's a wrap for this episode, guys. We'll be back with another episode after the NFL draft. We'll have a lot, uh, I'm sure, to react to there. Probably some more trades, right? There's going to be some more trades. There obviously will be more trades in our league. Uh, before, during, and after the NFL draft. So we'll, we'll break those down. And last thing, I want to leave you all with a talking point. Uh, talk about this on GroupMe amongst yourselves. I want to know what people's feedback is on what we talked about a couple episodes ago in regards to moving the playoffs to an all-play system instead of a head-to-head, uh, moving to an all-play. Again, there's background on two podcast episodes ago, so if you haven't listened to that, please do so and then have at it. Love to hear people's opinions. We can put it up to a vote if there is enough interest in doing so. So with that said, that's a wrap. You guys will have a good night. Catch you guys later.